It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And greetings from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd near downtown Houston. Time for another Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Robert Ford joined by Jeff Blum as we have a little radio TV crossover here. Good to see you, Jeff. Good to see you too, Robert. How you doing, man? I'm good. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do these shows and they're every week and obviously we rotate the between the radio and TV broadcasters who host them. Uh, you know, some weeks it's like, man, what are we, what are we going to talk about this week? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of struggling a little bit. And, uh, you know, we talked when we did these interviews and we had the chance to talk. We were prepping for the show. We had no idea what we were going to talk about, but things changed a little bit. Things changed a little bit. Now, keep in mind, none of these moves have been officially announced by their respective teams. Uh, so these are all reported, haven't been officially announced. But, of course, uh, the, the biggest news, George Springer, obviously, mm. seven years in the big leagues, all with the Houston Astros and Astros' first-round pick. Uh, signing with the Toronto Blue Jays, six years, $150 million deal. That's all, again, reported. The Blue Jays have not announced that. Uh, I think uh, a lot of Astros fans were, you know, you're realistic. You, you kind of thought this this day might come where George Springer was no longer in an Astros uniform. But, uh, man, he's meant so much to this franchise. It has been. It, he really has. And, you know, I've, I've heard it equated to lo- losing uh, your first love. Yeah, I've heard it, uh, you know, having your kid graduate from high school and move on to college and move out of the house. Uh, but I feel that way. And you and I both started in 2013. So we kind of had a chance to hear about George when he was going for the 40-40 type seasons down mm-hmm. in AAA. And then we got a chance to see him in 2014. So we really got to see George develop not only as a player, but we got to know him a little bit better as a person. And I think it's really the personality and that joy that we are going to probably miss the most but, oh, yeah, he was pretty darn good on the field. He was pretty darn good. And I also think, too, I mean, you know, think back to 2014 when Springer came up. And even <laughs> think back to 2013, you know, we, like you said, we were both there. Astros lost 111 games. Uh, and we talked a lot about the minor leagues on both radio oh, and man. TV that year because, I mean, hey, when you're losing 111 <laughs> games at the big league level, that's yeah. what you're, you're hey, looking hey, toward Look the over here. Look at this. <laughs> Don't look at what the, what's on the field. So we were talking about Springer and many others all throughout that 2013 season. And when George Springer got to the big leagues in April of 2014, that seemed like that was like the beginning. It was like, okay, now it seems like the wheels are in motion, uh, starting to go from just stripping everything down to, to, to building things back up again. Yeah, because you hear, you hear a lot nowadays you know, with the process and Jim Crane buying the team, Jeff Luno becoming the GM, how important the draft became was really interesting to me being an ex-player and, and having them understand, you know, what it meant to draft a guy and develop him and get him to the big leagues. But they had a lot of number one picks that turned out to be superstars mm-hmm. to add to what George Springer was give, being given. But uh, I just remember, you know, we were a little bit critical about George. You know, oh, my gosh, the swing and misses. He's missing pitches down the middle. But, my gosh, when he connected, mm-hmm. we were like, if he was able to hone that in and realize his potential, it was going to be incredible what he was able to do. And, we got to see it in the regular season, and then we got to see it in the postseason when everybody kind of came together in that 2017 season and just went bonkers. Absolutely. And, 
you know, the Astros had some vacancies in the outfield to fill, in part because Springer was a free agent. Uh, they'd bring Uncle Mike back, though. At oh least, again, gosh. that's reported. Michael Brantley. How, how, did you, how did you feel when, you know, the Springer news comes out and you're like, oh, that's a gut punch. Yeah. And then you started to hear the rumors. And this is probably something we both feared is knowing how close Uncle Mike and Springer were, you know, changing tires, hitting bombs and all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, what was your initial reaction when you were like, oh, that means Brantley's going to go? I mean, it almost hit just as hard. And then remember yesterday, so Springer, <laughs> the Springer news came out two days ago. Then yesterday, report in the morning, yep. uh, it was initially just in Toronto, and then it got picked up by Ken Rosenthal and others that Michael Brantley had agreed to a deal with the yeah. Blue Jays. And then the Blue Jays released a statement saying, we haven't agreed to anything. Reporters walked that back, and then, oh, uh, He's, he's, he's coming why. back to the Astros. Yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a crazy day. That was a crazy day. It was kind of exciting. There hasn't been much excitement as far as baseball is concerned this offseason because so much speculation is out there. But now we're starting to see things unfold a little bit. And Springer leaving hurt, but knowing that Uncle Mike is coming back really says a lot about the personality and what he feels about Houston and how comfortable he feels in this ballpark because I was thinking – if you lose two outfielders, two-thirds of your outfield, yeah. what do you do now? Those are some big holes to fill, and we all love Michael's bat, but he's a pretty good left fielder. Mm -hmm. Sure is. Certainly is, and it's good to have him back and a really good influence in the clubhouse as well. And also, Astros uh, reportedly bringing back one of your former teammates, Jason Castro. Castro uh, the Astro. Castro the Astro, of course, a former Astros first-round pick as well, and uh, he was with uh, the Angels and Padres last year. Had been with the Twins before that uh, since he was last in an Astros uniform. But uh, reportedly coming back to the Astros on a one-year deal. And it looks like he would back up Martin Maldonado. Yeah, and I actually think it's an interesting sign just because, you know, it's a little bit later in his career. He's coming back to someplace where he's comfortable. He knows how to get around town. And he knows that he actually knows a lot of this clubhouse from the time he was here previously. Mm -hmm. But speaking as a guy who, who left and came back, it's a very good feeling coming back to a clubhouse where you know guys, you're comfortable with the city, and you know they're going to be reasonably successful in the American League West. But at the same time, working with Martin Maldonado, who is a right-handed hitter, Castro, left-handed hitter. You can almost see this turning into a kind of a platoon situation sure. for Dusty Baker. Absolutely. Curious to see how that will all be employed and looking forward to all these moves becoming official yeah, as well. Seriously. Well, we have plenty for you on this Astro line tonight is uh, coming up in a little bit. You'll hear from Astros reliever Joe Smith. Joe Smith did not pitch in 2020. He talks about that. And then a little later we'll hear from Carlos Correa, Astros shortstop, uh, of course, had the biggest hit of the Astros postseason last year. Uh, so the, all that's coming up on AstroLine. Don't forget the 2021 season is just around the corner, and you won't want to miss a minute of the action. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the season with Astros season tickets. Visit Astros.com slash ticket plans or call 1-877-9-ASTROS to learn more. AstroLine presented by Carbock Brewing Company, live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd. will continue after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of Year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. 
Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd. Robert Ford joined by Jeff Blum. And uh, uh, Jeff, earlier this week we got a chance to, to catch up with Astros reliever Joe Smith. Gone but not forgotten in 2020, that's for sure, and certainly looking forward to seeing him back in 2021. And you'll hear it in this interview, but it certainly sounds like Joe is just champing at the bit to get back out there and get back on the mound. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You know, between the injury he had and then dealing with the family issues he had, I'm sure it was a the timing couldn't have been better for him to be able to take that year off. But, yeah, we're excited to see him back too. Certainly excited to see Joe Smith coming back and also Make sure you come and see Minute Maid Park and get a behind-the-scenes look at the ins and outs of the stadium with the ballpark tour from the dugout and press box to the warning track and manual scoreboard. We guarantee you've never seen Minute Maid Park like this. Book your tour today at astros.com slash tours. So we asked Joe Smith what he was doing uh, to get ready for spring training in the upcoming season. Well, right now we just got down to Florida uh, two days ago. So um, you know, we were up in Ohio and – and uh, it started getting a little too cold for me. And, um, you know, with as much time as I had off and stuff, I was really looking forward to kind of getting down here, getting the warm weather and just, uh, you know, being able to move around. And then hopefully we'll see what happens. Hopefully the spring training um, facility is supposed to be opening up here in a, in a week or two to be able to, you know, get in there early and, and uh, just kind of get back in the flow. You opted not to, not to pitch this year with everything that was going on. And I know, uh, you, you had to deal with uh, your mom's health issues, Lee, who passed away in, in August. Uh, if you could, if you just kind of go through what, what like led to your decision not to play last year and, and, and kind of the, the, the timetable for that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, most of it was centered around my mom and her health. Uh, it got, you know, right about a week before we were getting ready to leave to go down to the, you know, the spring training 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Um, I got a call that, that things just weren't going well. And, um, you know, at that point I, I, you know, I let everybody, um, you know, who I knew, Mr. Crane or my agent, everybody that like, Hey man, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, we ended up going down to Houston for like four or five days. And I mean, I said it before, like, I mean, I was there physically, but mentally, like I was just everything back home with my mom. And just because I think the drawn out process that, that this had, you know, Ben with her in, in, in this fight over Huntington's disease, um, it was really taking a toll. I mean, I just felt like I needed to be home. So when I was home and then she ended up, you know, for that month and then she ended up passing um, in early August. And, um, you know, I think if you ever had a loved one, especially somebody as close to you as, as, as a parent pass, um, you know, it takes a minute, you know, for the family, the grieving process, um, you know, trying to help out where you can with with just everything that involves with somebody um, passing. And I think by the time I was like truly almost ready to come back, it was about the beginning of September. And it was just, uh, you know, where I felt comfortable enough where I was like, okay, I think I can make, I think I can try to make this happen. Um, but you know, sitting down looking at the time frame, what it would take, what, you know, to get back, um, it just wasn't going to work out, man. It was just, uh, you know, I'm just 2020. I'm glad it's gone. So hopefully, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, this year and hopefully getting some normalcy back. 
Yeah, good for you for opting out and taking the opportunity to be with your family. And that might be the blessing in disguise is you did have the time to spend with your family. But also, we kind of joked a little bit before we got on here about in baseball land, you might be a little bit older than some of the other guys. What benefits are, do you think you gain by taking the year 2020 off and getting ready for 2021? That's a really good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that just yet. Um, I know <laughs> I feel good, man. I feel, I feel uh, refreshed. I feel mentally refreshed. You know, I think, uh, you know, over this past year, I think, you know, everybody, not just the baseball players, but um, you know, had that mental weight of what's to come, what's going to happen, you know, and um, you know, baseball, that 162, it's a grind and I'm not going to lie, you know, uh, the past, the past couple of years with this group we have in Houston have been, so fun, you know, going to the world series, going to the ALCS, like winning, but with that, you know, you have shortened off seasons, it's quick turnarounds and, and you got to get your body ready to go. And it is a grind. And, um, you know, having that last summer to sit back, kind of put everything in perspective, you know, from the family side, from the baseball side, heck, even my wife told me, uh, she goes, okay, now I know how you're going to be in retirement. You can go play as long (laughs) as you want. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I mean, I'm 36, going to be 37. So I'm finally glad I got that. Okay. to go. <laughs> I don't know how much longer it'll be, but um, no, I, I, I'm ready to get back, man. I'm ready to play baseball. Um, I really missed it. I missed the guys. I missed how much fun we had over the past few years. And um, I'm excited about it again. And hopefully, you know, I know it'll be a little bit different to what I'm used to. I know everybody went through it already this this last year with the protocols and such. So I'm just hoping to get out there and have some fun. Yeah, you had a chance to sit back like us and watch the Astros of 2020 go out there. And I think they kind of surprised yeah. all of us once they got into the postseason. Do me a favor, break down the 2020 season that you saw and what you anticipate in 2021. Well, I was, I was fired up, man. We got, we had some uh, young guys come up, you know, especially Christian Javier Paredes. Um, We had a heck of a lot of other guys step up too and, and fill in different spots. Uh, Brooks Raley come in and Blake Taylor. I know I'm talking about the pen a lot, but that's the most, (laughs) most (laughs) but I was excited to see it. Um, They got their opportunity and, you know, I would say so many of them, like you said, exceeded the fact, like what we expected of them. Right. And, uh, you know, to see, I loved watching Paredes pitch, the energy that, that he takes out there on the mound. And I was also eager to see, you know, there were a couple of times where he had that rough one and I wanted to see if that same energy came back the next outing out, you know, he didn't, and he didn't let it affect him. Like he kept his time. It looked to me, um, you know, I was far away, but it looked to me as he kept his confidence. He was, he was just loving every minute of being out there. And uh, I'm excited to sit with those guys, you know, the new guys that I don't know. And, and the young guy, Paredes, who I've only seen through like rehab assignments and stuff like just that energy. Um, it seems like they had a lot of fun. I mean, you know, that group's always had fun, right? No matter what. So them watching them, especially in that postseason, I mean, we always talk about how it's not a light switch, but I, they flip something <laughs> on, you know, it, it yeah, was like, Hey, watch out. You know, these boys, got, they got into the playoffs like they wanted to. And, you know, the regular season looked to be a grind and everybody kind of figuring out and it really messed with their routines and stuff, but it was awesome to watch them play in the postseason, man. And that's when it hurt me the, the most, I think not being there, you're like watching that grind and just being with them and, and seeing how much fun they were having and coming one game away from, from another world series appearance, man. What a, 
what a tribute to that team, you know, missing certain guys like your and Jordan Alvarez and, and, uh, you know, Verlander and Osuna, man, I mean, what, what a team. It was un- unbelievable. It makes me really excited for this year. I mean, that was a great prelude and we're hoping it doesn't happen soon, but a great prelude for your retirement. If you do want to get in the commentary. <laughs> So that was that. That's really that really was a test uh, to see if you if you could if you could do this for a living. Uh, <laughs> My wife does that. That, that might have backfired on me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, how, what was your uh, how how much did you how closely were you paying attention to the 2020 Astros? Were you were you trying to keep up with every game? Were you texting guys? regularly talking to guys what how what did how did that go for you I tried to I mean yeah I watched I paid attention I watched you know that if I if we you know if something happened where game time was something where we had to do you know in terms of family stuff um I'd be watching the box scores or uh you know listening to you guys on the radio and uh just paying attention to the games and paying attention to what guys were doing and stuff like that but as far as the texting guys I, I you know I tried to stay out of it um I, I kind of, I had a loose understanding of what the uh, protocols were going to be. And, and then, and you add that on top of the everyday grind and, and everything that was going on. I didn't want to, you know, if somebody reached out to me, I obviously I would talk to them um, and goof around a little bit and we had some fun and every once in a while I'd get a FaceTime, you know, from, from uh, actually quite a number of the guys. So that was always fun to just know that they were thinking about me and, uh, you know what I mean? Because I really, I really wanted to be there, um, but ultimately, I think I made the right decision. Um, you know, in in real life, but uh, um, I tried to just stay out of the way, man, and let them do their thing. You know, they they were in the moment, and no matter, you know, some guys were grinding more than others, and uh, it it was just trying to be positive. Maybe a text of encouragement to a couple of the guys, just you know. Saying we're still watching, you're the man, keep going, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But I try to stay out of it. Your approach to how you handled being in contact with, with, with guys who were, who were playing, was a part of that just kind of informed by having, you know, being a player and knowing what is, what, what like works for you and what doesn't work for you? Because, and I mean, Blummer probably knows more about this because I, I have to imagine there, there are probably times when, you know, certain people text you certain things during the season and you're, you might be thinking, man, this is, this is the last thing I need right now. <laughs> yeah. When it's like, Oh, explain to me this, explain to me that. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be, you know, I don't need no, any explanations. Like, I mean, obviously Michael Brantley and I have been together since shoot 2009 in Cleveland. So we talk a lot. Um, but you know, if he wants to bring something up or to me, or if I had a question, I'd probably call him. He's probably the guy I feel most comfortable calling in that clubhouse. Um, but everybody else, man, you know, whether it was, I don't know, Braggy or Tuve or whoever, Lance, just, you know, send him a quick text. Like, it was great to see Lance McCullers back on the mound again, man, and competing. That dude, um, he's worked so hard to get back out there and, and, you know, pitching for us in the ALCS with a blown out UCL a couple years ago and stuff. It's just like, you know, or Tuve or Braggy that were kind of struggling for a little bit, you know, just sending them texts, like, knowing. Um, just, you know, give them good pay, throwing good vibes your way, you know, keep going, keep grinding. You're still the best and just little things like that. But, you know, I didn't want to, like I said, you try to get into too much and it just becomes more of a, more of a burden than anything I think as a player trying to, cause they got to communicate with enough people, you know? 
They do, and uh, Joe, you've had you've had a very long career, and off seasons usually involve a lot of getting ready for the next season. But now it's a little bit different too. You might be focusing a little bit on Hall of Fame votes because Ooh. you have played because you, you, you've played against some of these contemporaries that are going into the big leagues now. And I know you've oh, got yeah. a history with one of the guys that's kind of interesting and has Astros history is Billy Wagner. You were with him yeah. in what oh eight oh nine oh seven oh eight. Oh seven oh eight. So yeah. give me an. Would you yeah. would you vote for Billy Wagner? And I need a good Billy Wagner story if you've got one. I be, I I think Billy Wagner should be in. Um, what an impressive individual, man. He you know, he broke his arm. You know, he broke his right arm. Started <laughs> natural right handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like in high school. I believe it was when he was like seven. So, but I mean, still, that's impressive. But um, you know. Billy rode me really, really, really hard when I was Somehow that doesn't shock me. Yeah, 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 right? (laughs) So, and I was like, all right. I mean, he was all over me. But on the same hand, when if there was anything I had a question about, um, you know, and especially when it related to pitching, learning how to pitch in the big leagues, um, you know, he was always there to answer it. And he always had a good response, you know, whether it was, uh, hey, you had a couple days off. Like, hey, why are you throwing? Uh, you know, why are you throwing like a fifteen pitch bullpen? You know, off the mound. Like, I don't, I don't really understand that. Um, you know, or and then he would throw it in tennis shoes, which was more odd to me. And I'm like, what are you doing? What if you slip? You know? And he was explaining to me basically the control and all. You know, and he's like, you're slipping, you're going too fast. You know, we're working on our tempo, we're working on nice and easy down the slope, sticking the landing, everything in sync. Okay. Um, you know, as much as things, you know, everybody gets on you for walking a guy. And I swear, I, gosh, I remember, I can't remember which game it was. Billy literally walked somebody on like four straight pitches, not even close, just take it to first. And I think we had a one or two run lead. And I was like, hey, what happened there? And he goes, ah, he, that guy sees me pretty well. I go, but the, he goes, the guy on deck, he's like, I own him. So I'm, <laughs> so he's like, I'm just going to get rid of him and I'm going to fit. And I'm like, I mean, you throw a hunch from the left side with a wipeout <laughs> slider, like who owns you, you know, but he had, but he, but, you know, listen to him talk. He had the ability to foresee, you know, not only pay attention to the guy you're facing in the box, but understand who's coming behind him and talking to guys like him. Um, and I mean, quite a notably other Aaron Seeley and guys like Tom Glavin and Pedro and El Duque, like getting the opportunity to come up as a young kid and being with these guys and understanding game management or much less inning management, you know, as the, now I see a lot of young kids um, coming up in the league and they have unbelievable stuff and they're punching everybody out, but it's a seven run ball game and they're going three, two and throwing three, two bangers and, and everything's about strikeouts per nine. And it's like, Hey man, that's, that's great. You know, I get it. You know, you need your strikeouts per nine up to get paid supposedly, but you know, why don't we work on, you know, game management and understanding how to control an inning, get out of there. Let's limit the damage. And then, you know, when you get, you still got to get two strikes on a guy before you punch him out. Like, let's figure this out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just having him there, though, as a voice of reason and somebody I grew up watching. I mean, I remember the Astros bullpen when it was uh, Octavio Dotel, Brad Lidge, Billy Wagner. Like, and I always said it was funny. I was like, I always want dude, Octavio Dotel. Like, I want to throw like that. That guy's <laughs> unbelievable. He and had I'm, whip. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm close, but he threw a hundred. Now I throw 86, so, you know, there's a bit of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, great stuff, Joe Smith, Astros reliever. Uh, glad you, you took care of uh, everything last year with your family uh, and really looking forward to seeing you pitch uh, in the big leagues in, in 2021. Glad, glad you're going to be back. Yeah, thanks, guys. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Joe Smith can't wait for the 2021 season to commence. Neither can we. And good to hear from Joe uh, keeping us up to date with what he's been going through and what he's been working on. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros shortstop Carlos Correa and his offseason and also what he's doing to get ready for 2021. We'll continue with Astroline presented by Carbog Brewing Company live from Plucker's Wing Bar on 1400 Shepherd right after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, near downtown Houston. Join us every Thursday during the offseason for Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Robert Ford and Jeff Blum here once again, and uh, we're going to hear from Carlos Correa. We got a chance to talk with him uh, a few days ago, Blummer, and uh, we talked about this a little bit in the interview, but uh, we really got to see Carlos Correa almost like mature <laughs> into a leader in front of our very eyes, especially in the postseason and also obviously with comments he made with, with things other players said about the, the sign stealing and all that. But we, we saw a different side of Carlos Correa this year, I thought. Yeah, it was a lot of fun sitting at home because for so long, you know, it almost being the anniversary of when all that news came out and everybody just piled on the Astros. But there was one guy in that clubhouse who said, I'm not going to take it anymore. And it was Carlos Correa stepped up and I think protected a lot of the guys in the clubhouse by becoming that vocal leader. And uh, I, for me, being an ex-player, I completely appreciated it. I mean, it's a bold strategy, and I think he, it paid off for him and kind of added another level to how he can contribute to this ball club. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to back it up. What was it he said? If you don't have facts, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, remember. something like Any, that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Carlos Correa joining <laughs> us on Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, and uh, we asked him about his off-season during this pandemic. You know, uh, with COVID and everything, I've just been home and going to the gym to work out, um, just getting ready for the season. I haven't done much. I haven't traveled or anything. I've stayed here in Houston the whole time, um, and just, you know, with the family here and the dogs. How tough has it been for you? You know, you mentioned you've been in Houston the whole time and obviously, you know, from Puerto Rico, I know typically you spend quite a bit of time down there and go back and forth between Puerto Rico and Houston. How tough has it been for you not to be able to do that like in years past? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been really tough because I always love to go back to my hometown and be able to spend time with, uh, with the rest of my family over there. Right now, my grandpa's sick, so I haven't been able to see him because, you know, that will take quarantining before getting, well, when I get there. 
and then quarantining on the way back. And I don't want to just go out there and expose him um, to whatever, you know, I might bring from the plane or whatever I'm at. Um, so I've been just staying here in Houston, man, and I've been FaceTiming them all the time and talking to them. So it's obviously tough um, not to see them and be able to spend time with them and hug them and, you know, tell them you love them in person. Yeah, that's it's unfortunate. Hopefully you do get the time to see family and friends and we get to go out there and actually see fans in the stands. And I want to go back to 2020 and just ask you, because I've had a chance to talk to uh, Alex Bregman, even Jake Marisnik and some of the other guys, and they really said that not having fans in the stadium created a little bit of an issue and you guys missed that. Talk about what it's like being in a stadium, playing a game for real and not having those fans out there. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that this year. I hope we can get fans in there because, you know, the energy they bring, um, it's contagious. And you go out there and you perform and you want to hit a home run and hear the loud noise from the crowd um, or, or when they get quiet on the road. Um, you know, we, we miss all that. And we miss that adrenaline that, that you get when the fans are in there. It almost felt like every game up to the, until the playoffs, it was like a spring training game. Um, and then when we got to the playoffs, then, you know, it's, it's do or die. You go home if you lose. So, you know. It was time to turn it up a little more. Um, but during the regular season, it was tough to stay focused out there with the, with the quiet um, crowd. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit, too, about you, what you just brought up about the playoffs. Because during the regular season, you guys kind of – it looked like you were fighting your way to get into the playoffs, and eventually you get in. And then you guys flipped that switch, completely turned things around, and came, became the Houston Astros that we all know and love. What exactly happened in the postseason for you guys? Well, you know, I, I think the experience uh, kicked in and the fact that, you know, we, we've been to the ALCS three years in a row prior to this year. I think that helped us. And we, once we got to the playoffs, we know we knew what it what it takes to win, win games in the playoffs. And we got to Minnesota. We have we had a little meeting and it was time to go. And we all got on the same page. We went out there and we went to battle and we were able to be successful. You know, we wish we would have made it to the, to the World Series and eventually won. But I'm really proud of what we accomplished. A lot of people had us, you know, losing in the first round. And we got all the way to game seven against the race, even though we were down uh, 0-3. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was a great season. And, you know, I tell this to a lot of people, and I had more fun with this team, like playing the way we played this offseason. Like when you go out there on the field and just have fun, than we did in 2017 when we won the World Series. That was so much fun. And we had the fans there, but... The fact that we have so many rookies in this team, the fact that we barely made the playoffs and we were able to just flip that switch and go out there and compete against all odds, I mean, that, that was different. The fact that you guys, because of all the protocols and everything, basically you guys just had each other. Like on the road, you weren't really supposed to be out doing things. So do you think that added to the, to the closeness as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when we're at the hotel, we're not even allowed to be in each other's rooms. So we'll show up to the ballpark early and spend even extra time together. And, you know, that brought us together, especially during the playoffs. We were at the ballpark so early, ready to work, ready to go out there to the cage and, and, and feel sexy, like I always say, um, in order to, you know, go to the game and have it translate in the game and be able to perform for your team. So, Carlos, last two years in the ALCS, you have hit – walk-off homers. You hit one game two in 2019 against the Yankees in extra innings. And of course, game five, uh, 2020 against Tampa Bay uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. 
I mean, I'd have to imagine, can you like just kind of compare those two? Because, you know, we we're talking about the lack of fans and everything. And I remember how bonkers Minute Maid Park was uh, after you, you homered to win game two in 2019. Uh, what do you kind of remember? And can you compare those two, those two moments? And, and just, I mean, they were similar in some ways, but different in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They're very similar, but completely different. I mean, having the fans at Minute Maid, for game two against the Yankees, um, you know, that was crazy. And, and that, was, that was such a special moment um, because I had, you know, one of my kids uh, that we work in the foundation, um, and I promised him a home run. And when I hit that one, that was such a special homer because of both reasons, because I promised him and because, you know, he tied the series 1-1. Um, and then against Tampa, man, you know, coming back from that deficit, you know, we, we were not out. We, we had a meeting and we said, hey, we're down three games. We got to keep battling. We, we know we have the team to win. We have some bad luck in the first couple of games. Let's go out there. And uh, we went out there, man, and that homer was special. Be able to get that series 3-2. But, man, I missed the fans on that one. It would have been really loud. Game five, a yep. minute made. That would have been if, if it was a normal season. Um, so I, I can only imagine how crazy it would have been. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun, and it would have been crazy. And I think what you've kind of created, too, in your time with Houston is actually some leadership. But in the past, we've seen it more as, uh, you know, on the field with your actions and how you play. But we're a year removed from all the drama that happened last January, and we saw a side of Carlos Correa that really not many of us have seen. Can you kind of take us back there and tell us where your mindset was at and what created this this monster that we even enjoyed even more watching come out and being vocal in, uh, in trying to help out your teammates. You know, I, 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 I just care about my people. I love my teammates. I love our organization. I love the Houston Astros and I will do whatever it takes to represent um, my team, my organization, my family the right way. And there were a couple of things that didn't sit well with me and I had to be vocal about it and I could just sit on the sidelines and stay quiet. Um, so, you know, I, I had to defend my teammates. I had to defend, you know, um, a, lo a lot of, a lot of us out there. And, uh, you know, when I decided to speak, it was because, you know, I was one of my best friends in the world and I love that guy to death and I knew he would not say anything. Um, so I had to say something about him because, you know, uh, the MVP he won, I felt, I felt it was legit and, uh, he's the most honorable man you can ever meet. Um, so I had to be vocal about it, man. I had to defend my teammate because I knew, you know, no, nobody was doing it. And I think I speak for most uh, Astro fans in saying that we do appreciate the fact that you did step up and say that. And it just added another layer to what you're doing as an Astro. Uh, give us an idea of uh, what you're focusing on this offseason heading into the 2021 season because it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, so I've been, I've been working a lot on, on the same, pretty much the same stuff I worked for 2020. Um, you know, getting my body in the right shape um, for me to go out there and play um, every single game. Um, last year, I was the Astro that played the most games. Um, I was healthy, um, you know, the whole year. I was feeling great. Um, so I want to do this. I want to do I want to do that the same, um, but with 162 games. You know, I was 60 games, so I want to be able to show that I can now go 162 games. I'm perfectly healthy. I'm ready to go. And with my swing, um, what I found in the playoffs, I want that to translate to this season. I know the feeling. Um, I know what I was doing. So I've been working on it. I've been feeling really good. So I'm looking forward to a, to a big start. You know, I usually start really slow. Um, so I'm looking forward to a big start this year because I feel like I found my stroke and I feel like I'm going to have 
um, the best season of my career this year. You know, you mentioned your swing, and if I remember correctly, uh, that last series of the regular season in Arlington with hitting coach Alex Centrone, you were able to unlock something. If I remember correctly, it, it involved looking back at video of your swing when you first got to the big leagues, if, if you could just kind of take us back through that and in the playoffs compared to the regular season in that regard. Um, yeah. So in, in the regular season, uh, I was having a little trouble finding um, that rhythm, that, 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 that feel that you get uh, during batting practice that can translate to the game perfectly. Um, and then in that series against Arlington, you know, we're looking back at videos from 2015 when I broke into the league and uh, we found some things that I wasn't doing anymore. And we started working on it. I had a day off um, in that series against Arlington. We, I hit all day with Simtron. And I, I was able to find it. It was feeling good. It was feeling natural. Then I won the next game and I hit a home run. And I was like, whoa, like I can really feel it in the game now. Uh, and then I went to Minnesota. I kept working on it on the day off. Then worked on it before the game. Felt really good. I think I have two or three walks again. Then the next game, I hit a homer. And at that point, I knew that that was it right there. That was a feeling. That was um, routine that worked for me. Um, and from then, I carried that on throughout the whole playoffs. And, you know, against Oakland, it was great. Against Tampa, who has one of the best pitching staff in the in the game, it was great. So, you know, I want, I want to be able to carry that into next year and have a strong start. They're talking about next year, this 2021 season. Uh, obviously, it's your last year before you can become a, a free agent. You're going through arbitration right now, which I know can be a, a really difficult process for any player. Uh, does it help you a little bit that you went through this arbitration before and you had that hearing in 2019? Does that help you in terms of just thinking about how things are going to go going into the 2021 season for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It helps. Um, but the most important thing is to understand that this is a business and you got to leave your feelings out of it. Um, you got to understand that, you know, teams are going to try to build the best team possible and try to spend the less amount of money. That's what business means. You know, you want to be able to profit um, and still have a solid team. So I understand that. So I leave feelings outside of it. I know arbitration is a process that happens uh, to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I love this organization. I love the Astros. I would love to be an Astro for life. Um, so hopefully they're on the same side as I am. You know what I mean? If they're on the same side, I would love to be an Astro for the rest of my life. This is where I got drafted. This is where I played. This is where I've developed as a player. This is where I've grown as a man. And uh, nothing will make me happier than to represent this organization and, and be a franchise player. Um, but, you know, um, all those feelings are I, – I set them aside. I know they care about me. I know they want me in this organization. But at the end of the day, you got to negotiate and got to do what's right for, for, for you. And they got to do what they think is right for them. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I hope we can both get on the same page and, and keep moving forward. You're exactly right. And, you know, fans do need to understand that that earning window for ball players is really small. So you got to maximize, especially when you got a talent like yours, Carlos. Uh, last season had all kinds of issues. Uh, we had spring training and then we had summer camp 2.0 or whatever they called it. Can you talk to a little bit to the fans and let them know how important a full spring training would mean to you guys uh, this season? Oh, yeah. Full spring training will mean that we'll get the right preparation. Um, you know, this uh, summer camp that we had, uh, we, we put in good work. But at the same time, we're, we're not facing other teams. We're not facing enough pitching. It was too quick of a turnaround. Um, that's why you saw so many injuries on the pitchers and stuff. So 
getting a full spring training will be great, especially for the pitchers, um, but also for us hitters. We get to get our timing down and we get to go out there the first game of the regular season and, and, and feel good about it. All right. I got to ask you something. This offseason, I had a chance to listen to a couple of your podcasts, The Walkout with uh, Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers Jr. I know this probably spawned from Clubhouse Conversations, but tell us a little bit about uh, why the podcast started and what you enjoy most about being in that podcast world. Uh, the podcast started because Lance and I, since ever since we got drafted in uh, 2012, we've been watching fights together. I mean, we're fight fans. I grew up watching fights since I was five years old. I've been watching every Saturday. I watch every fight uh, with my dad. Um, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the sport, and so is he. Um, so we figured during the quarantine, we said, oh, like, we got nothing to do right now. We're working out and going home. It's kind of boring. We watch every single show. Um, let's start a podcast and talk about, you know, MMA. And, you know, that's, that's how the idea came up. We bought the equipment. And we signed to the podcast. A lot of people signed to love it. And right now we signed a deal with SiriusXM. So now our podcast is on SiriusXM. Um, yeah, so we're very happy about Maybe. that. The UFC has acknowledged our podcast. Dana White has seen it. All the guys up there have nice. seen it. We had great hosts. We had champions on the on the podcast. So it's been it's been awesome, man. We've enjoyed every single second of it. And we're not doing it because of money. We're doing it because we're passionate about it, just mm -hmm. like you guys are as passionate about about baseball. We're as passionate about um, MMA and the fight game. So we just we just enjoy doing it. Actually, today I gotta go record. Um, with him um, for the Conor McGregor fight. <laughs> Big he's, one he's coming really up. About that. So, um, you know, we will have a new episode coming out soon. Before, awesome. before, before we let you go, Carlos, who do you have a, a favorite fighter now? And who was your favorite fighter to watch growing up? Ooh, so I'll go with growing up, my favorite fighter to watch. When I was five, the guy that got me into boxing was Felix Tito Trinidad. Oh, yeah. Uh, champion Great fighter. From Puerto Rico. Yeah, mm -hmm. the whole little town that I lived in will get together to watch his fights. And that's oh, how wow. my passion grew. Um, and then Pretty Boy Floyd, not money made. Pretty Boy Floyd came in fighting uh, Corrales in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I fell in love with, with his style. And now I like Habib. I like Connor, obviously. I like all these guys. Israel Alessandra, Kamaru Usman. There's a lot of guys out there in the UFC that that has so much potential um, to be the greatest of all times. And in boxing, Canelo's my guy right now. I love, I love the way, the way he goes about his business. That was Carlos Correa, Astros shortstop, talking with us earlier and talking about how he wants to be an Astro for life. How about that? And I uh, certainly hope that Carlos Correa is in an Astros uniform for a long time to come, especially if he continues to play uh, the way he's been playing. Hey, join the Astros Virtual Buddies Club today. For $25, we'll ship a Buddies backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard right to your door. Virtual Buddies will also have the opportunity to be selected for exclusive virtual experiences that are continuing throughout the offseason. Visit astros.com slash buddies for more information. Back one final time on Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company from Plucker's Wing Bar and 1400 Shepherd. right after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. 
It's the Box for Bonfires and Happy Hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. And welcome back to AstroLine, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd. Hope you can join us next Thursday for our next show. It will be from 6 to 7 p.m. here at Plucker's Wing Bar. Come on out. Uh, I believe that one is uh, Todd Callis and Steve Sparks will be the host for that. Guest to be announced. Just had that confirmed from uh, producer engineer extraordinaire Matt Boltz. Right now, Robert Ford joined by uh, Jeff Blum and, uh, you know, for much of the offseason, a lot of Astros fans were like, come on, James Click, what are you doing? Let's make a move. Well, now there's just been a flurry between, uh, you know, we we're talking about Brantley and, Castro, and Jason Castro coming back as well, and, and obviously Springer uh, getting signed by the Blue Jays. Of course, all of this is reported. Nothing is official, has been uh, confirmed by any of the teams yet. But, uh, and it seems like the hot stove is starting to heat up throughout baseball right now. Yeah, I hope it is, and I and I really hope it's because they're actually planning on playing a 162 game season. You know, we are getting close to spring training, and I think maybe the realization that spring is actually going to happen. Uh, you know, I saw Kevin Biggio a couple weeks ago, and he said, "Yeah, we're reporting the end of February." So there's actually some finality and some uh, you know certainty maybe in the fact that they are going to be in spring and play 162 games, and maybe that you know forces general managers and owners to go out there and say, okay, we need to make some moves and put some guys in place so that when we do show up, we can get the right amount of practice in because we heard how important it is to guys like Carlos Correa to go mm-hmm. out there, make sure they have a full spring training and are ready to come out of the gates firing on uh, hopefully early April or late March. Yeah, that was one of the things, and he, he, like you said, Carlos Correa talked about this a little bit little while ago and I don't think and I know you really understand this having played for as long as you did but I don't think people really understand the impact of having spring training shut down then nothing for oh, a man. few months and then it was what maybe about a few days before guys <laughs> were supposed to report that it was official that that there was a deal in place for summer camp and then that was only a few weeks I mean that 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 really takes a toll and I think that's a big reason why we saw so many injuries no I completely agree the uncertainty of what you're doing when you come back and it's one thing to leave and you know during the offseason the guys have the resources the gyms the fields to be able to go out there and work what we saw in between spring training and summer camp was the fact that they didn't have an opportunity to do anything right they didn't have access to the gyms they were shut down if they had a couple of guys to work out with they had to time it where they were working out where they weren't near anybody you know I, I still have visions of Enoli Paredes doing squats with you know a two by four and cinder blocks <laughs> you know so it, it's those guys that really went above and beyond you know or Rosarania doing a thousand push-ups or whatever right. he was doing and you know how that affected him and it was really on each guy individually to go out there and do it but nothing will ever replace a solid strong spring training nothing will and you know it sounds like like you said it's looking more and more like spring training will start on time. There's been some question about that, and obviously that could still change. Yep. And it's always tough because you don't know. You don't. A lot of this is out of baseball's control, too. True. Very true. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know, we just had the inauguration. How is that going to affect right. everything moving forward? And then you do have to get the two entities, and we know how rough it's been recently between 
ownership and players in order to get something settled down to where they can go play under those circumstances. So there will be some conversations, but hopefully the energy is pushing towards playing baseball. Please, dear God, let's play some baseball. Absolutely. Well, good seeing you, Blummer. Good being thanks here with you, man. Good seeing you too, dude. It's been a while. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks to Joe Smith and Carlos Correa as well. Also, thanks to our studio producer, Bob Elliott, and our producer-engineer, Matt Bolts, here on site. Next Astro Line presented by Carbide Brewing Company will be next Thursday starting at 6 p.m. right back here at Pluckers and 1400 Shepherd. But for now, I'm Robert Ford for Jeff Blum saying so long. You've been listening to Astro Line presented by Carbide Brewing Company live from Pluckers Wing Bar and on the Houston Astros Radio Network.